Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to our Becoming Your Best family and friends to this week's podcast. I have an incredible guest with us today and one who will share some tips that I know can be helpful in transforming both our lives and our professional focus. So with me today is Danny Brazell. Now let me just tell you a little about Danny. For the past two decades, Dr. Danny Brazell has served as an educational advisor to students ranging from preschoolers to rocket scientists. <laughs> And while he has held a variety of titles and worked with leaders from a variety of fields and disciplines, Danny has always considered himself first and foremost a teacher. Now, uh, he's the son of a librarian who grew up hating reading. And ironically, he is now considered to be America's leading reading ambassador as he works tirelessly to encourage audiences to reach their potential through a lifelong love, an addiction with books. Uh, Leadership Begins with Motivation is his 15th book and the basis of his most popular keynote presentation. Speaking to audiences worldwide, Danny has equipped tens of thousands of people to overcome challenges, achieve more, and give back with his unifying message of, liberation through motivation. He is committed to ensuring that his clients receive raves and real results and lasting change. So find out why audiences adore him. I'm just so thrilled to have him with us. Uh, Danny, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. I think you missed your calling. You have a wonderful radio voice. (laughs) Well, we're going to have a great time and our listeners are going to really be fortunate to Uh, have you with us today. Well, let's just get right into this, uh, Danny. Tell us about your background so people can get to know you better. Like, you know, what's your story? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a shorter version. I I know my wife will say that's not possible, but uh, (laughs) uh, I I was blessed to have great parents. Uh, uh, I always tell people this. uh, Sometimes we're just born lucky. My, My wife is from Singapore, and she was brought up in the most negative environment with a bunch of people telling her what she could not do. Whereas I have a picture of me when I was four years old and I'm wearing space boots, a San Diego Chargers jersey, a sheriff's badge and a fireman's helmet (laughs) because I was going to be the first ever astronaut, professional football player, police officer and firefighter. That's the world I grew up in and that's the world I think every child should have the opportunity to grow up in. Um, When I talk about my parents, uh, I always think of the quote by Mark Twain. He said when he was 18, his parents didn't know anything. And when he was 21, he couldn't believe how much they had learned in just three years. Uh, I'm I'm so blessed to finally appreciate my parents. Um, The image I had of my my parents growing up, my father would always be in his recliner with his glass of scotch beside him while he was reading a book, listening to opera on his headset – while my mother, my brother, and my sister and I were talking and the television set was turned on. (laughs) 
And uh, uh, now that I'm a parent, I truly appreciate that glass of scotch, which was constantly beside my father. <laughs> calm, my, calm the nerves a little exactly. bit. Huh? <laughs> my mother never stops talking. So who do you think I turned out like, Steve? <laughs> well, uh, anybody that has met uh, Danny Brazil uh, just loves his warmth, his consideration for other people, his interest, his humility, uh, and also his love for life. So uh, I've really been looking forward to our visit today. Me too, Steve. You're just, uh, and when you talk about humility, that's one of the things I love about you. Nobody would know how successful you are because you're not wearing it on your sleeve every single day. Uh, when I read your book, Becoming Your Best, uh, it was such a treat because I got to learn more about you. I mean, your beginnings are very humble. Um, it's amazing to me that you came from a, a family where your parents had been divorced, and yet now that you're a, a husband, uh, you've been uh, married for, for I don't know how long. You've raised uh, uh, wonderful children. Um, when I grow up, I want to be Steve Schallenberger. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, okay, well, let's just, we're going to have the chance to talk about a number of things, but what happened to you, uh, Danny, that caused you, as you grew up and started realizing some of the things that you could do in life to experience a, a change in desire or a new vision or set you on a pathway that brought you to where you are today? Wow, that's a wonderful question, Steve. Um, I guess uh, one of the things I always tell people is that, uh, Time changes perspectives. Um, some of the worst things that happened to me in my life upon retrospect have turned out to be uh, some of the best things ever to happen to me. I'm going to share four of them. Um, when I was in uh, eighth grade, I was, uh, I was uh, training to become a, a, a bicycle racer. And uh, while I was uh, crossing uh, a street on my bike in, uh, in my hometown at the time, which was Durango, Colorado, I uh, um, um, a 16 year old who'd had a little bit too much to drink after football practice, uh, uh, slammed into me, threw me 30 feet from my bike. And, um, uh, it, it took me, uh, a couple of years to learn how to walk. They told me I never walk. I never play sports, but, uh, um, I was able to do all those things. Eventually, uh, I actually became an all state football player. But what was really great about it was I couldn't play sports in the interim, and so I started uh, acting, and that was really where I discovered my passion for speaking to others. So what could have been a horrible thing turned out to be a great thing. Uh, another turning point in my life was um, I really wanted to go to Yale University. That's where I put all my apples was in that basket, and I had the test scores. I had the, uh, the people that interviewed me loved me. I had the most incredible letters of recommendation. I had uh, all the activities, everything. And uh, I wound up uh, getting rejected, and I was so distraught and so angry. Uh, I'd been recruited to play football at some different uh, universities, but you know I was a 17-year-old kid, and I was uh, moody. And so I, I literally went alphabetically down a list and looked for the very first university that did not have a football team. And I found American University in Washington, D.C., and uh, I applied, got accepted, and that turned out to be – one of the greatest things to ever happen to me because uh, I got to live in really one of the, the greatest cities on the planet. I, I always say Washington, D.C. is the only city I know that's in the news 24-7. Even, even Wall Street closes on the weekends, uh, but D.C. never closes. Um, and I, I just had wonderful opportunities. At that point, I, I, 
I did things like uh, I worked at the the largest homeless shelter in America. Uh, I got to bail Dick Gregory out of jail at a White House. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was just a wonderful experience. And then I, I got the greatest job in the world. I got to uh, work for the American Society of Newspaper Editors, which put me in contact with every major editor of every major newspaper in America. And uh, uh, I, I remember uh, I, I got offered a, a job as a, as a city beat reporter for the Chicago Tribune making $16,500 a year. And at the time, I'd also applied for a teaching position. And I got I got accepted for that position to teach uh, in Compton, California. I know uh, uh, one of your uh, prior guests was uh, actually brought up uh, in Compton, uh, Will Moreland. Right. Um, um, they offered me $25,000 a year to teach in, in the inner city. And so I, I can always tell people I became a, a, a teacher for the noblest of reasons for the for the high pay. <laughs> That's uh, great. You know, um, gosh, I told you there was four. There's one I'm not going to tell you about because it's probably not as relevant. Uh, but one of the real more relevant ones that's been a life changer was back in 2005. My wife and I attended a, a, a real estate seminar, which turned out to be a scam. And the long story short is. Uh, we bought a whole bunch of houses and we lost almost everything because of it. And I could sit here and mope about all of the horrible things that happened because of it. But I always like to count my blessings. And I can tell people that uh, uh, because of that, uh, a whole bunch of great things happened to me. First of all, I'm no longer tight with money because I realize uh, easy come, easy go. We're here for a limited time. So uh, don't let money rule your life. Um, secondly, I became a Christian. I'm not, I'm not proud of the fact that it took a catastrophe to, to bring me to, to Christ. But the more I read my Bible, the more I realize I'm not the first screw up to, to find uh, God. Um, well, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, third, you have a lot of company. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, third, I really, uh, it brought my wife and me closer together. I, I know she's my life mate and I put her through the ringer and she's just been a great companion to me and my best friend. And it's, it's kind of odd because it's interesting. Um, we've been married since 2002 and she told me that, um, she told me this many years later after uh, this real estate thing happened, she said that, uh, she had hesitated to marry me because, uh, I was tight with money and I wasn't a Christian. And isn't that interesting, Steve, that uh, because of the real estate thing, those are two things that changed in my life. It's interesting how, uh, how God works. Uh, and then finally, and this is really what applies to, to you and your listeners, is um, I really did not want to file for bankruptcy. Eventually, I, I wound up having to, and I, I, I still don't like the fact that I had to file for bankruptcy, but I fought it off for 10 years. But um, uh, when I, I got into this financial crisis, I was trying to avoid bankruptcy, and I asked my accountant how could I avoid it, and he said, "Well, you have to earn this much more money a year." And so, at the time, I was a full-time professor, and so I decided to start speaking on the side. And uh, that year, I made exactly the number that my accountant had told me. Hmm. Well, then the next year, he gave me a much higher number, and I hit that number right on the number. Wow! And so, so the third year, Steve, I thought to myself, "Well, maybe I should set a higher number," (laughs) and so. Basically, uh, I can tell people that during one of the worst economic catastrophes in American history, I've been able to successfully build a speaking business that's become more profitable every single year. So, uh, you know, they say that uh, when one door closes, another one opens up. And the the door that's opened up for me as a result of all these uh, negative things has always been a, a much more positive door. 
Well, thank you for sharing those things. And, uh, you know, we one of the things I've always hoped that would happen as a result of these podcasts is that uh, our listeners would get ideas on how to be more effective in their own lives and be more successful, uh, how to apply leadership principles. Uh, but one of the things I hope uh, beyond all else is that they'll have hope and that uh, it's we all get knocked down. We all have setbacks and sometimes they're really significant, but it's how we react and how we respond to those setbacks that makes all the difference in the world. And I wonder if you'd take a moment and just talk about that, Danny. What do you think has helped you respond to the setbacks? I mean, you've talked about, you know, your latest book, uh, Leadership Begins with Motivation, and how do you get yourself back on your feet? And by the way, I love uh, Danny Brazell's books. They are so inspiring. Uh, I'll just tell you a little bit more later about one of them that I really like, but how would you respond to that? How do you get back on your feet? How do you get going again? Well, you're basically my, my segue artist, Steve. Uh, surround yourself with positive influences. One of my favorite things about my wife is she only watches comedies on television, and that's a wonderful quality. Uh, I was watching a horrible show on TV the other night. It was called uh, The News. And, uh, it, it, it's depressing. you got to get that uh, negative uh, uh, language out of your head and um, – uh, you you've talked about it with your listeners that uh, reading is really to me uh, the escape for most people. Uh, it doesn't matter if you were born uh, homeless in Bangladesh. If you have uh, access to books or an internet connection with those books online, you have access to all of the knowledge and wisdom of people uh, that have come before you, and a lot of those people are, are living today. Um, and so, really, what I would uh, advise to people is. Uh, uh, give yourself a steady diet of uh, positive influences. Um, you quote it in your book, uh, really one of my idols as a speaker, uh, and I didn't even realize you knew him, and we'll talk more about this later, but uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones uh, has one of my favorite quotes. He said, you'll be the same person in five years as you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And you and I, Steve, are both in the same mastermind, uh, which I always encourage listeners. You need to uh, surround yourself in a mastermind. Uh, if you don't know what a mastermind is, you just need to pick up a copy of Napoleon Hill's excellent book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And uh, it'll show you the power of surrounding yourself with diverse people that can uh, help you uh, meet your objectives. But more importantly, uh, uh, put you in a servant's position to help others uh, uh, get what they need. Um, and it's really uh, books. Books are, are definitely one of the things that have helped me uh, more than anything, Steve, is uh, learning that I am not alone. Uh, uh, there's a great book. A lot of people think it's good. I think it's great. And it says you should try and treat other people the way you want to be treated. And I find um, when I surround myself with people that uh, I give them encouragement and, uh, and uh, guidance, um, it's amazing how uh, the encouragement and guidance comes back to me. Well, that's a great answer. Uh, and indeed, uh, the people that we have in our lives are the ones that can make such a difference. Uh, just like your accountant, uh, you know, you have people around you that help you see things from a different point of view and you supplement that with reading books and what a powerful comp, uh, combination. Absolutely. Okay. Now, uh, Danny, you're called the reading ambassador. And, uh, one of the books that you wrote is read, lead and succeed. And you developed the, uh, also the Educator Empowerment Series. 
by the way, just a little thought on that book. I love that book. It's 63 pages, and it's just packed, every single page, with a, 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 a spiritual, uh, a motivational, inspirational tidbit. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that. It's so good. Now, as you think about the thousands of students, teachers, and leaders that you've taught on how to do better in their professions and personal lives, what do you see are among the biggest challenges that people have, and what can they do to overcome those challenges and to become their best in their lives? Well, thank you for plugging my book. Uh <laughs> I really appreciate that, Steve. Uh, and I- I'm going to make that book available uh, to all of your listeners at the end of the show. Uh, that- that's going to be my gift to your listeners. Um, uh, it's a book, uh, Read, Lead, and Succeed. Um, when I when I speak to audiences, I speak to a lot of um, audiences of educators. When I started speaking, I, I had begun speaking to teachers, and then I, I started speaking to parents. And then I started speaking to administrators. Now I also do a lot of uh, speaking with associations and, and businesses. And um, uh, a, a principal of a, of a school a couple of years ago asked me uh, how he could engage his faculty at meetings. And so because of him, I wrote this book, Read, Lead, and Succeed, which is, like he said, it's a, it's a short book, which uh, uh, I, I will – emphasize this to your listeners. A lot of the shorter books are the best ones to read. Uh, you don't need to uh, – Mark Twain I, – I, I hate to quote Mark Twain again, but he once wrote a letter to his father. He said, I'm sorry this uh, letter is so so long, but I didn't have time to write a shorter one. <laughs> um, I, I always point out to people that uh, when I was doing my dissertation, I had a great uh, dissertation advisor who, who wanted my dissertation to be no longer than 150 pages, where some people want them to be 600 pages. And he uh, always said that uh, Watson and Crick, their paper on the double helix for DNA in 1955 was exactly one page long. So it doesn't have to be long to be good. Um, and so I wrote uh, this principle, this book, Read, Lead, and Succeed. And so every week I, I give a concept, I give a quote, I give an anecdote. Uh, I give a, a book that uh, people should read, but most of us are lazy readers and they're not going to read it. And so then I also uh, name a uh, uh, a children's book that demonstrates the same concept. And so uh, you just inspired me. I took out a book. Uh, can I just uh, share one with your listeners right now? Absolutely. Steve? Absolutely. So this is one of my favorites. Uh, when I grew up, uh, the one thing I had to do every single day is at 1215, Paul Harvey would be on the radio. Paul Harvey... Uh, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago at the age of 325 years old. But um, <laughs> I, I grew up with Paul Harvey, and he always had these great stories. He said, I'm Paul Harvey with the rest of the story. And so this is inspired by Paul Harvey. I would love to uh, – the reason I became a journalist was because I wanted to be Charles Kuralt and emphasize all the beauty of America. <laughs> and uh, the reason I wrote this book is I wanted to be Paul Harvey and emphasize the beauty of America. I think uh, – too much of us are surrounded. Too many of us are surrounded by negativity, and I like to give people some some positive examples. And so, this is um, example twenty nine from the book, which is pay attention. And the quote I use is uh, from Thomas Edison. He says, "We often miss opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work." And so, here's the short anecdote uh, I share. Connie was a young man from a small town in New Mexico who headed to Texas to buy himself a bank. The Texas oil boom was rife, and no matter where Connie went, the banks were either financially out of his reach or not for sale at all. Then he stumbled upon Cisco, a cow town gone crazy. 
He went straight from the railroad station to the first bank he saw and discovered it was for sale, and the price was right. He wired the absentee owner that he was prepared to buy at the asking price of $75,000. But when the owner telegraphed that he was raising his price, Connie dropped his proposal and headed for the Mobley Hotel. The lobby was packed, and Connie was perturbed that not only could he not close the deal on a bank, he could not even get a room. A man told him he could not loiter, but he might be able to get a room in eight hours. The hotel was renting rooms to men working in the oil fields three times a day. When Connie asked the man if he owned the hotel, the man bitterly nodded and complained how he could be in the oil fields making real money. Connie checked the hotel's books, pondered the packed lobby, and forgot all about banking. That's how Connie, Conrad, Hilton got into the hotel business. So what opportunities are you ignoring that are right under your nose? And so, uh, <laughs> and then I offer a couple of book recommendations. One is called uh, Be My Guest, which is a wonderful uh, autobiography written by Conrad Hilton. And then the children's book, I, uh, I recommend to people to get them to pay attention to things is The Tale of Peter Rabbit by Beatrix Potter. Uh, because Peter was always one uh, to pay attention to the things, the opportunities around him. Um, you know, when I'm talking to people about the power of reading, I another one of the the people that's meant a lot in my life. And I, again, I didn't get to meet Charlie Jones, and I didn't get to meet Jim Rohn. But Jim Rohn, who's just trained so many of the people I admire the most, he used to say, "Poor people have big TVs, rich people have big libraries." And uh, the the thing <laughs> when I'm talking to people, yeah, when I when I'm talking to people about the importance of reading, people say that they have no time to read, and I say, oh yeah, who has time to read after you go to the mall, watch the game on TV, and have a few beers? I mean, who has time to read? You know, everything is about priorities. You talk about this again to your listeners if they haven't read your book, Becoming Your Best. Uh, it's filled with all kinds of gems. I. I read looking for gems. You have all kinds of great anecdotes, really practical advice. And chapter 10, I, I, I've made a mess of because it has so many <laughs> dog-eared pages and, and notes in the, in the margins. Uh, because you found something that I have found in my research is that um, I always tell people uh, I've met plenty of readers who are not necessarily leaders, but I have never met a successful leader who is not an avid reader. And so um, – uh, back in 2003, I created a website called LazyReaders.com, and uh, if people subscribe, it's a free subscription. And uh, once a month for the rest of a person's life, I, I give them 10 book recommendations, three or four adult level, three or four uh, young adult level, and three or four children's level books, all under 250 pages, so people have something they can read when they're stuck in a boring meeting. And uh, we have a link to Amazon. If people follow that link, uh, anything they purchase, Amazon donates 10% of the purchase to Bookends, which is a charity created by an eight-year-old kid that creates classroom libraries in under-resourced areas. And uh, uh, the reason I like to emphasize short books is uh, a lot of people say they have no time to read. Well, everything is about priorities. And can I give your listeners one of my best tips, Steve? Yes, please. Oh. Do this before you go to a party. If you want to be the life of a party and be a wealth of that Cliff Clavin knowledge that I love of uh, all kinds of bizarre facts, uh, make a trip to Barnes & Noble, go to the children's section and read children picture book biographies of famous people. You'll get all kinds of tidbits 
and you'll save yourself the time of reading a very long 800-page adult-level biography. I constantly read children's books to uh, to uh, make myself look smart. Um, when I'd read a, uh, <laughs> I, I read uh, one of the books that changed my life was The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt by Edmund Morris. And one of the things he talked about in that book is that Teddy Roosevelt, um, by the age of 30, had read over 20,000 books. And um, so I read 10 books a day now, I tell people. And a lot of those are, are scratch and snip and pop up, but I do read 10 books a day. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a children's picture book. Uh, you mentioned a couple of the books uh, in your book. Um, uh, there's books on my shelves that I think everybody should read. One of them is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That is not a very long book. As a matter of fact, let me open it up right now. My copy is 233 pages. Uh, I have a copy of How to Win Friends, Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I'm opening up that book. That book is... Uh, about 260 pages long. I have The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. This book is... Oh, there's no page numbers. Okay, wait a sec. Okay, it's 111 pages. I have Psycho-Cybernetics by uh, Maxwell Maltz. This book is 260 pages. I have The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. This book is 220 pages. I have... Uh, uh, Swim with the Sharks Without Being e Eaten Alive by Harvey McKay. This one's a little bit bigger. It's 300 pages, but the print's pretty big, and it's a paperback. It's probably shorter on the uh, hardcover version. Uh, your book, Becoming Your Best, Steve, is 256 pages, uh, my kind of book. These are books that you can read. I'm going to be flying tomorrow from Los Angeles to a speaking engagement in New York City, and I, I'll be able to read at least two books on that flight. So make time for reading. <laughs> okay, now that... That, this what a great recommendation to people because I, I love your answer to that, which is how do you help people? Well, if they start reading, uh, think of all the different ideas that they can find to solve their problems. Yep. Uh, so this is a great answer, and and uh, Danny and I share this passion for reading. I and so for example, I've read this book, Read, Lead, and Succeed before, but this morning I got up and I read it again. And think of the impact of these uh, books that they have in terms of our energy level, our perspective, the way to see things uh, more clearly. When we have challenges come, we have greater energy to attack them. And just talking about your, you know, number 29, pay attention and Conrad Hilton. So I've read, you know, uh, Be My Guest. One of the things that he describes there is that during the Depression, he actually saw a, an article about the Waldorf Historia Hotel in New York. Yeah. And he had just lost seven hotels. So here he is, flat broke, and he said to himself, someday I'm going to own that hotel. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and so many years later, I saw, was able to see the clip of the grand opening of the Hilton Waldorf Historia. Uh, he cut that out and he put it in his wallet. Uh, this is the impact that it has. And so thanks for your inspiration on that. All righty. Well, now, what are some of the best tips uh, that you could give to some of our listeners to be of help? Now, we've talked about reading. You may want to talk more about that. But what are your thoughts on that? You've already given a, some great ones. Well, I'll give you three of the, the ones I like to strike home in my my. Uh, keynote addresses that I, I, I'll give at conventions and conferences. The first one is take your job seriously, not yourself, because 
you're not all that and neither am I. And if you think you're all that, try teaching kindergarten for one week because I'd, I'd call on kids. I'd be I'd call on LaShonda question. She's like, Mr. Bissell, when are you going to uh, uh, trim your nose hairs? And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do that this afternoon. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Um, I One of my favorite stories is the Gladstone-Disraeli paradox. Um, Winston Churchill, his mother was a contemporary of Queen Victoria, and she knew all the important people of the day. And she was once asked the difference between Prime Minister Gladstone and Prime Minister Disraeli. And her her answer is something I like to live my life by. She said, well, whenever I, I, I spoke with Prime Minister Gladstone, I left feeling like he's the most interesting person I have ever met. But whenever I left a meeting with Prime Minister Disraeli, I left feeling like I am the most interesting person he has ever met. So what are we doing every single day to make the the people around us feel important? And then the third tip that I always uh, used to end class with every single day, and I, I do the same thing now with my keynote addresses, I always tell people that education is valuable, but it's execution that's priceless. Or as my uh, my pastor used to say, I don't expect you to do everything, but for goodness sakes, please do something. <laughs> oh, great. Well, those, are, uh, those are important tips. Those are really... Uh, game-changing ones. Well, that's great. Well, we've had a great time today. I can't believe how fast time goes. Yeah. Uh, and so, Danny, how can our listeners find out more about what you're doing? How can they uh, get information on your books, your materials, and what are next steps? Well, first of all, I'd like everybody to email me at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, Danny, at Danny brussell.com. My last name is really easy to remember how to spell. It's spelled like bras cell. No, I, I never took any grief over that as a child. Uh, so uh, if, if your listeners will email me at danny at dannybrussell.com, I'd like to provide everybody with a copy of uh, Read, Lead, and Succeed. And when they receive that copy, they're also going to get a weekly accountability update, which takes one of the concepts and and asks people to reflect upon their own experiences. So uh, if they don't email me, they can also always just uh, go to my website, dannybrussell.com, and they can uh, get the information that way. Well, I want you to know, listeners, that uh, if you'll do that, you'll, uh, you'll feel more energy, feel more inspired, and just be surrounding with yourself with uh, Danny Brussell. Uh, getting back to Charlie Tremendous uh, Jones's quote, be the same in five years as you are today, except for two things, people you meet and the books you read. Well, Danny's really addressed those today. I love his weekly messages, by the way, on the internet. They're great. Well, thank you, Steve. Okay, well, thank you, Danny. And to all of our Becoming Your Best family and podcast listeners, uh, remember that one person can make a difference and that you can be the ripple effect. Uh, I've shared this before, but I love it. It's a quote by Margaret Mead. She said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Well, thanks again for joining us. I'm Steve Schallenberger, wishing you a great day. thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the becoming your best podcast we want to know what your big takeaways were so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode also if you haven't done so yet 
please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.